When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Tripe Supper, Gazette Borough's Middlesbrough Football Club podcast. What a load of tripe. Thank you for tuning in for this week's Tripe Supper, well the second Tripe Supper of the week. I'm Dom Shaw and alongside me today are Jonathan Taylor and Phil Talentire. And we're going to look ahead to Forest, obviously and, and also touch on a fair few subjects that fans have put to us on Twitter this morning. Um, Jono, we'll start with Forest, six points out of nine for, for both teams going into it. it. It's nicely set up, isn't it, for, for what should be a decent game? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's going to be plenty of spice to it uh, as well with the whole Brits on Belonga returning to the city ground. Um, I was speaking to their chap uh, this week. Uh, down in Nottingham, and he, he says that he expects it to be, you know, let's say British on London to get a fairly interesting uh, reception. And I think when you've got a kind of a side story like that, uh, I think that only can help the uh, the atmosphere. Obviously, Borough sold out their their allocation in I think only 20 minutes, and, and Nottingham Forest are heading towards a sellout as well. So both teams have started the season well. Both teams are, are looking up rather than down, and and. Um, in front of a, a sellout, I think yeah, it's perfectly set, isn't it? On that reception, then, Phil. I mean, you're looking at it, he, he was a, he, he was excellent for them when he was when he was fully fit. Obviously, he had that that injury which Good uh, he kept them up. Exactly, yeah. Last year, I think it's a it's a very uh, very valid point. There's been word from Gary Bertles this week that he, he doesn't think he'll get a great reception because he was saying it was the manner of the way in which he left. Do, do you, how how do you expect the reception to go? I mean, obviously, we don't know the Forest fans, but how do you expect the reception to go? And what sort of reception do you think he'll get? I think you'll probably get the usual, you know, boos or um, songs around around greed or, you know, um, only went for the money. Yeah, went for the money. That kind of stuff. I I don't understand to a degree why fans get frustrated because you know, if you're a Forest fan, you think you you support a club with ambition. You're a big club. They've won European cups. Um, They've got a nice stadium. They've got they've got a you know. So I can understand why a club would be frustrated to see one of their top players leave to go to another championship club. However, it's a fact of life, isn't it? That the player's gone for what he sees as a better move, better chance of Premier League football uh, in less than a year's time. No doubt he's got a decent hike in wages. So um, it's, just, it's just football's... It's just inevitable now in football that a former player going back to his old club more often than not will get stick. I don't think it'll affect British on longer, and I don't think it'll overshadow the game really. I can't, I can't imagine it'll be one of those um, really bitter, long, you know, you know, um, that you might have seen when Eric now went back to Leeds or when when Gary Munt goes back to Leeds. Leeds <laughs> feature a lot in these kind of situations, don't they? But you know what I mean. Is that when there's a real sense of, um, I don't know, it's an awful word, but when the fans feel betrayed, I don't think it's anything like that. I think it's just genuine frustration that the. the Forest need British Samba longer. Um, well, know. sometimes sometimes you get a feeling, don't you, that frustrations genuinely turn into venom in the mm, stands yeah, when, when yeah. some 
players go back or when, when some managers yeah. or whatever go back yeah. and, and you feel with the Samba Longa like you say it's probably more frustration that they, they had this player yeah. who, who is you know one of if not the very best striker finisher in the league and probably frustration I, mean, I thought Mark Warburton's comments were good this week when he said that the deal wouldn't have gone through if it didn't suit all parties and from Warburton's point of view you know he was going in there this was his first summer that £15 million pounds, now whether he's got it all or not obviously we don't know but that money has allowed him to build his own team, which he probably yeah. wouldn't have been able to do without that, would he? No, absolutely. And he, you know, again, he, he spent that money wisely. I think um, he, he's bought, he's realised that right. I can't go and buy another British on the longer. There's not going to be someone that can go and get me that amount of goals that I can go and get uh, in within my financial parameters. But what he has done, he looks like he's gone and got you know three or four pretty solid looking players. I mean, Daryl Murphy, you know, you know what you're going to get with him. Looks a, a steal, and, and he's he's brought a couple of you know a few youngsters around that will chip in with goals as well. Um, just briefly back to the frustration. I think it's twofold. Forest fans' frustration with the Samba Longa. I think that they will partly look at him. This is a player who was obviously injured, out injured for 13, 14 months, and the club um, kind of stood by him. So I suppose some Forest fans may feel they were owed some loyalty. I think I'm sure Samba Longa will say, "Well, hang on, I, I kept you up last season, so that that's my my debt paid." Um, and yeah, the other part obviously is um, I think fans would have accepted it more if Sunderland went to the Premier League. Um, you know, Burnley were were certainly one of them sniffing round, but um, and they'll th- they'll see themselves as a big, as bigger clubs, Borough, if not if not bigger, you know, rightly or wrongly. But for Sunderland, I thought it was great after after Tuesday night's game against Burton. He was interviewed and he was asked about what he's looking, you know, what he expects on Saturday, and he was, he was laughing his head off and he says, "Oh yeah, I'm going to get a load of stick, but I can't wait." And I think that's exactly the right. Way for you know, some players will will kind of crumble under that pressure and that kind of uh, needle, whereas others will absolutely thrive on it. And uh, I think it's on Belonga, it'll probably be the latter. And it should be forgotten. I mean, I'm old enough to remember Gary Burtles leaving Forest the first time round when he went to Man United. And um, now I don't, I'm suggesting for a second that Gary Burtles agitated for the move. I know I don't think he did. I think Forest had financial problems back then. But he was a hometown lad. Um, you know, won European Cups with Forest. Play, was playing for England as a Forest player, and then he left and went to Man United. Who at the time, it's hard to believe. Now we're a bit of a step down, frankly. Um, so he, you know, footballers leave clubs, don't they? I think the only example I can think of, off the top of my head, of a player who will get a decent reception, for example, when he returns to Borough, would be someone like Jordan Rhodes. I think you know when he comes to Borough this season, if he's in the if Sheffield Wednesday team, and Adam Reach as well, I'd like to think that Adam Reach would get a good reception as well. I think when players leave, when the fans realise that the player probably wasn't particularly desperate to get out of the club or leave for reasons like in Jordan Rhodes' case, he couldn't get a kick in the first team. Then I think fans, you know, I think Borough fans are particularly understanding in that regard actually that they, they, they realise that a player's left maybe it's not because of his own volition, but when somebody agitates for a move and wants to move and wants to get out and when they come back and get a bit of stick. Uh, again, showing me age here, I, you know, I remember being at Ayrson Park when players like um, uh, Craig Johnston were coming back and getting, you know, um, Borough Reject, getting the Borough Reject song and even Graeme Sinesa, that's how far back I go and it was just inevitable. But it, it was sang with a, with, a, with a little bit of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I think respect. Yeah. They realised they were good players that had left and they, they were frustrated. It was like... A, there wasn't the vitriol you get now. 
Just very briefly on the Sunderland before we move on and, and look at Daryl Murphy and, and kind of Borough's defence and Fryer Ayala. Um, that, it, it was excellent, wasn't he, Tuesday night? I mean, his first finish was, was a, a, a roll afterwards. It reminded me, and obviously this isn't making a daft comparison, but in the finish alone it reminded me of, of Jimmy Floyd in that he absolutely braid the leather off the ball. It was head down, there was only one thing on his mind. And, and the second goal came from that as well because when he got it on the edge of the area, he had options. But his only, his only thought was to shoot and it ended up ricocheting into the feet of Gestead whose shot was saved. And Those goals are, are important, but, but three games in, you can't get too excited. The signs are very, very promising with him, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. I think if, if he strikes his scores a 25-yard worldie, then, then brilliant. But equally, I think it's even more satisfying when, when they put a six-yard tap in because they're in the right place, they're where they should be. Uh, two very different goals, as you said. Um, you know, both of them very you know well taken, but I thought his overall performance and the way that he fit into the borough structure was excellent. You know, uh, a few eyebrows are raised when when on the team sheet, and he looks like he's kind of playing over to the left a little bit. It's nothing like that though, really. And I think obviously his, his partnership with Rudy Gestead and Patrick Bamford is one that looks to be blossoming. All three of them bring something different to the to the table. All three of them look to be enjoying each, playing with each other. I, I remember watching them in in the warm up against Burton, and they were all laughing and joking and. And patting each other on the back and, and doing flicks for each other and, and I think Bernie said in his column this week that you could tell that the Borough players were actually enjoying playing with each other there was a nice vibe around the place uh, and, and I think that this is like the, the environment really where Sonbelong can thrive and, and that partnership I think as I said with, with Patrick Bamford looks to me like it could be absolutely fantastic mouth-watering I like, I like a striker I'm just going to say I like a striker who's like ruthless yeah. who pushes his own grandmother out the way to put the ball in the net you know if he'd scraped off his knee from somebody else's 35 yard drive and went in the, and didn't even deviate in, in direction they would still claim the goal yeah. because they're just hungry to score Bernie Slaven was like that Jimmy Floyd you mentioned him you know I, I go back to the Augsburg game where Fletcher did really well for the goal that um, mm-hmm. Forshaw scored late on there's not a chance in hell that uh, British Ambalonga would have squared that ball I'm <laughs> sure you know because, because you know, do you know what I'm saying yeah, because yeah, there's some strikers and I, I, it's a great it's a great um, it's a great ethic to have because you know it, 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 like, two goals is never enough three goals is never, if you score three you want four if you score four well I want five today you know if, if there's a penalty I want the ball and um, I think that's half the secret of being a striker and maybe you know look at someone I mentioned Jordan Rhodes earlier it strikes me that he's just as happy for a teammate to score as long as the team scores. I sometimes think true, true, ruthless strikers are only happy when they've come off yeah. the pitch and scored. And, 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 and there's nothing wrong with that because it, it shows that they want to do something for the team. And you spoke to Muzzy this week, Jono. Mm. Uh, it was nicknamed for some longer a sharpshooter. Yeah, yeah. He, um, he said at Forest he never saw him miss a one-on-one, so obviously he used to call him sharpshooter. Um, but he, was in, he said he's been texting uh, Britt this week, obviously, because he's missed two one-on-ones in, in three games at Borough. Um, but yeah, they're, they're obviously they're big close friends and towards the running for Forest last year, they... You know, they they played more or less up front together. Um, went on holiday to Dubai, and and what was he said? One thing that was nice, he said that he's never seen a striker who's hungrier to score goals. And I think that comes back to your point, Phil. That this is a guy who, who if Borough do win one 0 and he's not the one that scored it, he'll, he'll be content, but he won't be happy. And I think that's actually a refreshing thing to have. I think it's a. I don't think Borough have had a striker like that in a, in a little while. So I think he's going to be a fan's favourite. There's no doubt. And um, if these three games are a glimpse of what we can look forward to um, to May, then we're all going to be uh, looking. Our lips, I think. What the other end then? Do you, do you go a fryer? Ideology, because Daryl Murphy's a handful, isn't he? We've seen that it was two, three seasons ago. He had that great season for Ipswich. 
struggled a bit last year at Newcastle, but he was always going to be a squad player, wasn't he? But it, the signs are promising for Forest fans there. He's probably a wise signing on, on Warburton's part. Fry's been, been excellent, I think, in the two games he stood in. Ayala obviously comes back in. He'll be desperate to make up for that Rick on the opening day. What, what do you think he'll do? What, what do you think he should do? Think, I think that Ayala might come in for, for his experience, but I would like to, I would love to see Taylor Fry um, keep his place. I think he hasn't put a foot wrong the last two games, and I'm, you know, I'm a massive Dale Fry fan. Uh, I think uh, we sometimes can forget that he is actually so, you know, so young still. He's still very, very young. He's years younger than Gibbo, and, and people are saying that actually he's, he's more of an all-rounded defender now than, than Gibbo ever was at that age as well. Um, I think it would be a refreshing message if Gary Monk kept Dale Fry and said, no, look, if you play well, you'll keep the shirt. I think that a lot of um, if a lot of the lads in the academy will look at that and think, hang on, that this pathway is very much here. I, I could get a chance here if, if I put, put me down and play well. And equally, the, the first team stuff as, as well, if you play well, you keep the shirt. It's the most refreshing message you can hear, I think. So I would like to see Dale Fry keep his place. Far, far too early to write Ayala off, though, isn't it? I, think, I mean, obviously he made that mistake, but the season before last, he was probably one of, if not the best defender in the league. It's a bit of an enigma, isn't he, Ayala? Because you know, on his days, he's, he's, he's a top quality championship defender who, who should be able to hold his own in the Premier League. Um, he's got all the attributes. He's big, tall, awkward, gets in the opposition box for corners and things like that as well. You, you know, but there's this, there's, this, there's this ongoing injury issue, isn't there, that's plagued him now for two or three consecutive seasons. Um, you know, to the point where Aitor Karanka was pretty much criticising him publicly. Um, not like Aitor. Not, not like Aitor. Um, you know, and basically saying the medics are saying he's fine, so why is, why is he saying he's injured? Well, we don't know the exact truth of that because obviously Ayala's got his viewpoint in it and the club have got their own viewpoint on it. But um, there's a player there, no doubt about it, but I would like to see Fry get a run and see what he can do. You know, he's nearly 20, or I think he turns 20 around about now. Um, he's got a little bit of experience under his belt. He, he looks assured, he looks like one of those defenders who doesn't need to make last-ditch tackles, who reads the game well, and to me that's, you know, I, I, I praised him after the Sheffield United game, he, he went under the radar a little bit, and yeah, people picked on his distribution a little bit, but I thought for a first game for a long time in a Bury shirt, in a difficult match against someone like Billy Sharp, who was a, who was a good operator... It was, it, was a, it was a proven score. I mean, Sharp went off after barely getting a kick. He's a clever operator. Yeah, Sharp, you know, so I, 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 I guess I, I also get the fact that we're judging Burr now on two performances, home performances against teams you'd expect them to beat. Newly promoted club, Sheffield United, which could have been a banana skin, but Burr did enough on the day. And Burton, who, let's face it, Burr should be put into, put into bed 99 times out of 100. Um, if Borough couldn't have the ambition to win promotions automatic, uh, <clears throat> automatically. So I think we've got to be careful not to get too carried away. Two good performances, two home wins, two clean sheets. Um, and, 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 and players like Fry who are coming into form, Asamba Longa who's, who's hit the ground running, um, Patrick Bamford who's relishing you know, the role. I think, I don't know whether we'll come on, the only real concerns, if, there, if you could call them concerns, is that midfield unit still hasn't really truly convinced but if you're winning two games in back to back you know should we get too should we be too worried about that perfectly teed up that Phil thanks for those who uh, on Twitter it's, it's as though we rehearsed that thanks to those who, who threw some subjects at us on Twitter this morning there's five six seven here um, 
we'll keep them pretty brief. Maybe I'll fire one mm-hmm. at one, one at the other. Um, but on the midfield thing, Dean Hill was one of a number who, who kind of touched on the Lewis Baker and, and Adam Forshaw thing, whether it's Forshaw who, who drops out the team for when Baker comes in. Baker has obviously made two appearances from the bench. You wonder whether Scunthorpe, the cup game, is the ideal opportunity to give him his first start or will, will he be tempted to go in before then? How, how would you assess the midfield Three, four, obviously Martin Darun played the first game. We've seen Baker a couple of games now in the first three games of the season. I'd be intrigued to see whether it's the system um, Gary Monk wants to, to use once he's completed his transfer window business. I think it's certainly a system that gets the most out of the players he's got at his disposal, certainly the front three, but those players who play behind, of those three likely candidates, Creighton's the only one who's truly convinced, hasn't he? Is Lewis Baker the sort of player who can play behind the three? You'd have to think he probably is if he gets if he gets a few a run of games. He seems an intelligent player. He, you know, he's got a pass on him. Um, I don't know whether he'd have expected to play further forward. Um, Johnny Housen, as I keep saying, I'm a big fan of Johnny Housen's, but it doesn't look particularly comfortable in that role. Uh, and Adam Forshaw, you'd have to say he's um, he's taken his chances when they've come, haven't they? So. I'm not going to complain about it because um, I think it's probably the best system for the players Monk's got available but at the same token you kind of feel if there's one area of concern where it's not truly gelling you'd have to say those two behind the front three I would say I've said this all along and I, I, I'm happy to get shot down in it I think Stuart Downing would be great in that role as one of the two uh, people say he doesn't tackle which is fair enough he's not, the, he's not you know, the most physical of players but he reads the game brilliantly I thought when he dropped into that position against West Brom at the start of last season he was outstanding without getting the credit he turned the game back in Burroughs favour because they were getting played off the park for 20-25 minutes um, he, he picks the ball up and he recycles it well and he, um, I think there's a potential I, you know, I could easily be proved wrong but I think that's an option personally because he's a footballer first and foremost but it doesn't look as though he's going to get his chance there's Grant that bit as well. If, if Lewis Baker comes in, if he's seen as a starter inevitably, and obviously not forgetting Ledbetter, who, who, who's looking over the shoulder? Who could drop out? Do you think, Jim? Um, I think, uh, well, it's probably going to be Adam Forshaw. And, you know, I think Adam Forshaw, I think he's been fine. I think, mm. I think he, obviously his form dipped dramatically at the end of last season, but he wasn't alone in that. I certainly don't think he, he deserves too much criticism for that because he set his bar incredibly high at the first half of the season. So he probably averaged out as a, as a decent season. Um, I just don't know. I think in terms of pinning down what people's roles are in that midfield three, if you're going to play a three, Clayton's is obvious. So, so he's you know first name on the team sheet. But then it's in front of that. I can see what Baker can offer that, that the others don't in terms of a more kind of attacking flair and, and eye in the pass you know, through the needle Houston to me looks very much like a, a, just a box to box really he just looks like a, a, a good at everything kind of guy but I don't think you can have potent, really Houston and Forshaw who are both that kind of similar player for me so yeah I agree with Phil that is still the area and I think I wouldn't be surprised at all if Brandon Ledbetter came in um, I think that Ledbetter actually, I think his performances in the second half of last season were very good. I think that he's, he's you know come off the bench hasn't he a couple of times in the month. So Monk, I reckon, will, will want a good look at him. But again, it's that question of what can Ledbetter bring to that midfield three if he is not the the anchor man that Clayton is. Very difficult. I think that you've got he's got a few players that are all reasonably similar. I think Baker's probably the wild card out of them all. Um, but I think he's just going to have to tinker for a little bit to just try and see if he can get the right three. When we asked for subjects to be discussed this morning, Jake Brown on Twitter said, it's a one word, Triore. 
does he does he stay? Does he start? Does he is, does he continue to be used on like he was on Tuesday as an option from the bench? What what what's what's the crack with Traore? I think if you I mean we keep saying don't we he's gonna you know there's there's a player there to come out and but it doesn't seem any closer to coming out now than they did twelve months ago. Um, but do you not think? Well, I've watched most of his performances this summer, and I've yet to. I mean, I, I wasn't at the game the other night. I put my hand up, but prior to that, so I, you know, at Rochdale he was pretty much woeful. He, you know, against players that he should be destroying, frankly, given his tool set. Um, it, it, I, I guess if you don't have to sell him, you keep him, don't you? Because he could. You know, Gary Monk has he's only had a couple of weeks, a few weeks, relatively speaking, to work with him. So Gary Monk could be the man to harness that unbelievable pace and power. Um, and you know, and he could be a huge weapon in the championship, couldn't he? But we don't know where his head's at. We don't know if he will be able to find any sort of consistency. I mean, he would scare the living daylights of any left back. Well, he did, didn't he? On you know, Tuesday night. You know, um, so if you don't have to sell him out, keep him. But if he's unsettled and Borough get a really good offer, I think they'll, I think they'll, they'll be fine without him. But he's the only, I mean, yeah. if you consider that Stuart Downing's likely to leave if that deal goes through, he is the only mm-hmm. wide or probably attacking midfield option, not, not, not counting Baker. But I have. Yeah, no, I think you have to keep him. Uh, unless an extraordinary offer comes in, I think you have to keep him. Because, yeah, you're right, Borough don't have many of, of what, what he possesses. And I actually think with his armour triori, I think, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate, I think he's, he's, he's probably... It's time and he said he's been it's been tough for him I reckon because he he's never really played a full season of football anywhere really he comes in as his player he, he electrifies us in the first kind of few weeks you know when he came on against Tottenham and Arsenal and then at every press conference it kind of seemed like he you know his limitations were getting hung out in public you know oh you know he's not the finished article he's not he can't do this he can't do that and at, at times last season I started thinking well. Why don't we just try and focus on what he can do? Because what he can do is something that a lot of players will just dream of being able to do. I, th- I think the thing is, is that modern day managers don't like players that they can't rely on. So, you know, in the old days, you had wingers who played for 30, 40 minutes out of 90, but that 30, 40 minutes was potentially match winning. And, and they, were, they were given a, li- a little bit of licence to you know, be a bit awkward and to be a bit lazy sometimes and not track back, providing that modern day managers have no truck with that. They want a 90-minute play. And if that means you play a player with less natural ability than Triori, but who can be relied upon to deliver for 90 minutes, the modern-day manager will go with the, the other player every time. And that's just, that's just the way it is. And that's why, you know, that's why Triori's... Well, that's why Middlesbrough were able to sign Triori from Villa. And that's why he didn't go back to Barcelona. Now, I agree with Jono. There was times last season where you just said, Triori's the difference. He was the only one on that pitch who looked like he could achieve anything against a Premier League defence. I completely go with that but but Gary Monk's thinking will be I've got a unit there that I can rely on I've, got, I've put that front three out it's alright it hasn't got the greatest amount of width but it's got the ability mm. between those three players to work as it work for each other to interchange to, to rely you can you know Bamford will be you know be able to trust Asamba Longa you know Asamba Longa will be able to trust trust Braithwaite that kind of thinking now I'm not disagreeing with Jono but I just think that that's how Gary Monk will see well, that, that first point you made though about, about how uh, managers like to go for a safer option or whatever. I obviously spoke to Carriol this week, and it's exactly the same with him. He feels that he only re- he felt it was easier for for Forest managers to pick other players until Forest had to go out and win games, and that's when at the back end of last season he started playing. And I think with 
you could kind of think similar with Triori, where game there's going to be games that Borough have to win against lower league opposition. I think that's perfect for Triori. And he is only twenty one. Yeah, and that's, you know, a, and that's the problem. He was signed as a as he was signed for a fee and to play in a position that he just wasn't ready for. You know, he's he he, he was he, he still is. You know, if you if, you know if you, if you didn't know his background and he arrived at Middlesbrough today. You think, oh, we've got one who might be a real player in two or three years' time. The problem is, you everyone wants jam today, but we need promotion this season. And um, <clears throat> as I say, if you don't have to sell him, by all means keep him. But I think Gary Monk's focus will be very much on finding a, a unit that can, you know, can play for ninety minutes. I think it's a question though. If, if for example, you pick a, a, a winger out of the academy, let's say a Soisalo, a Chapman, or, or whatever. If one of them goes and does that run that Triore did against Burton, where we went from front to back right up to the other side of the we'd be talking about, we'd be raving about him, wouldn't we? And we'd be saying, my God, this player has to play. Yeah, he's raw, but, but my God, he can do what other people can't. And I think, arguably, Triore's the similar age. has to play. No. But you'd be saying he, he has to be given time. Exactly. And, and Triore's in that same boat. And that, but that, then, but then that, that goes back to the management of a player. And just, Adama Triore going to be happy being a sub in a championship team, getting 20 minute cameos once every two or three matches? I personally don't think he would be. And then that gives the manager an issue in terms of how I keep this player happy because he's gone from Barcelona to Villa to Middlesbrough, pre, you know, La Liga, Premier League, Premier League, Championship. He'll be sitting there thinking, my career's only going one way here. So it's a big management job for, for Gary Monk, you know, and ultimately it's down to the player, isn't it? You can, you can you make all the excuses you want. Triori has to find a way of harnessing that unbelievable natural ability with a football sense that enables him to, to, to play the killer pass, to put in a decent ball. Because we know that all of the bits and pieces are in there, they're just not all playing it, they're not all fitting together like a jigsaw as often as they should do. Um, a couple more before we wrap up. Uh, Patrick Bamford's another player with, with wonderful natural ability like you touched on there. Phil, he started on the bench at Wolves and has played two games since and has played excellently in both those games. Phil Gill, though, says that as, as impressive as he's been as a number 10, are you risking losing his clinical finishing that what he would have been providing that bit further forward by playing him in that deeper role? Uh, yes, potentially. I mean, I don't, if he plays in, in this role, I don't think he'll, he'll end up with 19 goals like he did in, in 2014-15. But equally, uh, I think that Patrick Bamford is probably the best at what, uh, out of that Borough squad uh, at that role. And, and that relate, if Patrick Bamford, can, if he ends the season with 12 goals, but he has 12 assists for us on the longer, I think that that'll be enough to take Borough up. So, no, Patrick Bamford isn't the number one striker at the club anymore, but equally what... Perhaps he, Gary Monk's found a way um, to use some of his other very, very good attributes. I, I don't see any, any problem with, with what he's doing at the minute. And I think Patrick Bamford will acknowledge that, yes, he might not be the top scorer, but actually he's probably one of the most important players on that team sheet. I think the other side of that is as well, is there, there, are going to be, there are going to be one or two major signings from this summer that don't play a huge amount of first-team football. Because I just can't see where they fit in. So they might be, I'm just throwing names in here, Fletcher might struggle to get a regular game or Braithwaite when he comes back might struggle to get back into a winning team um, <clears throat> Lewis Baker may be the one who doesn't kind of find a role he's got so many options now Gary Monk um, and we haven't even mentioned Gestead um, that the, I can't see where they're all going to fit in so again going back to my point about Triari it's a big job for Monk to manage their expectations because I know he talks about the squad or the group as he calls it and it is about the squad but he, players want to play and particularly players who have moved for seven, eight, nine million pounds definitely want to play because that's why the you know Fletcher made the move because he wants to play first team football. Now we could 
see easily see a scenario where he he he, he spends some of the time on the bench. So that's an interesting one. And it, it, if that if that's the case, it means Borough are doing well. So so in some ways, we'd, we'd like to see that. That slides seamlessly into our last question again. It's it's oh, it's, 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 it's unbelievable. This is it? why we didn't do the trip on Thursday when you were off. Mm-hmm. We well, wouldn't have had this sheer quality. Yeah. Together, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Andy Salmon says, does Braithwaite, he was obviously missing, uh, missing Forrest this weekend, but when he's back, he says, does he go back in or, or have we seen enough from the three? And obviously, like you said there, Ashley Fletcher, to, to, to suggest that Braithwaite's going to have to be patient. Well, it's funny, I've seen Braithwaite, I think, right in saying I've seen every performance of his off the top of my head since he came come to Middlesbrough and um, there's been the really good performance that he put in against Augsburg and then the less the less impressive performances against Wolves and against um, Rochdale um, <clears throat> now he's, he's a new player bedding in so I read very little into that you know it always takes players time to sell but but it was interesting against Wolves when he was denied space to play and not just him, to be fair. The front three struggled. It wasn't until Bamford came on that Borough looked at a better unit for the forward. So he might have a battle on his hands to get in the team. You know, if Borough are winning games and scoring goals, nobody has a divine right to start. And Patrick Bamford, we just talked about, is a great player. Asamba Long was a proven, uh, proven striker at this level. And um, Rudy Gestead will take some shifting from the team if he's continuing to score goals because he's a big, awkward customer who, who has a bit about him. So, And then you've got, we mentioned Fletcher as well and Lewis Baker again, you know, and, you know, Borough... Borough may yet make another addition in that area of the pitch. So, you know, he, he probably won't walk straight back into the team. Before we wrap up, then, same team on Saturday, or, or does he change it? Uh, yeah, I think it would be certainly 10 out of the 11 would stick the same. It's just that central midfield, whether he'll want to uh, possibly bring in Ledbetter, possibly Baker. I'd be surprised, I think, if Baker started, perhaps just because I think Borough are going to have to do a bit of defending at Forest, but... Uh, yeah, I don't. I think that two, off the back two good performances, you keep keep that message going. If you play it well, then then you keep the shirt. Phil, yeah, it should be a cracking game, and I would be tempted to stick with the winning team. I think it's a great formula. And finally, finally, predictions. Um, I th- I've said all along that if Borough win their three home games this month and you know scrap a, a point away at one of the away games, that's a really good month. Ten points, eleven points. Um, so yeah, you take a point, but equally I think Borough will go there, um, and I think it will be Forest that are the ones that perhaps have a little bit of trepidation. Yeah, I mean Borough have, have have the ability to beat Forest. It's not a happy hunting ground, and I know we shouldn't read anything into that, but Borough don't traditionally do particularly well at Forest. Um, I, th- I think it's got draw written all over it. If that's the case, it's not it's not the worst result in the world. Um, sets Borough up nicely for for you know for, for the forthcoming fixtures after that. Excellent. Thank you, fellas, and thanks for listening. Cheers.